0: If you dare. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
3: Back on primetime action. Live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin on a Thursday night, about an hour away from basketball in game six of the NBA finals. By the way, I was just looking up at the uh, Phillies national screen. And I said out loud, hey, man, Patrick Corbin uh, pitching a shutout through three? What's going on there? Seven to nothing, Phillies.
1: The, the Phillies bats, which we talked about leading into this, into this season, which it was the reason I ended up putting an NL East ticket in on them, were not that great to begin the season. And now you look up, Kyle Schwarber has hit another home run. He has now 17 on the year for Schwarber in this thing. And, like, you know, Bryce Harper, again, we talked about that. He, even though he can't play the field, he's destroying the baseball. Reese Hoskins hitting well. Castellanos, we know, hitting well. Real Muto, Didi Gregorius. I mean, it is up and down this lineup of just, just bats, right? I mean, they don't even have Gene Segura in the lineup right now. He's out for, he's out for a while because we were on air when he tried to bunt that time and he, I, and he bunted it off his finger. I literally
3: looked up and there were two out in the top of the third. Nobody on Zero zero. 0 It is still two out in the top of the third. It is seven to nothing, and Corbin is still out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They've left him out there. He, uh, I guess there was an error or something because of the of the seven runs, only five are earned. Oh boy. Um, That being said, Patrick Corbin now with this outing, his ERA seven point oh four on the season. Is that good? I'm told that's not good. Seven point oh
3: four. All right. Kelly, let's update all the scores beyond that one, if you would.
4: The yeah, Alouettes with a pick six, but it's going to come back, y'all. It's going to come <laughs> back. He was he was touched down.
1: Alouette. Was there interference?
4: Now, you watch right here, the, the little bobble off the hand, the interception oh. coming by the corner, but then as he hits the ground, he's going to get touched. Yeah, he's touched, oh, right he's right totally there. touched. So yeah, he's
3: down. Yeah, easy. Can he's you see down. that with the naked eye? Sure. Just
4: three three to nothing Argonauts right now in that
3: Is game. Is this the beginning of the CFL season? I think we're like three or four games in. How how have you not been on CFL watch? Because I kind of I kind of quit because they they took a full
4: season off during oh. the pandemic. There's already so much roster turnover. I was like, nah. weren't, I, I weren't you
3: Mister CFL for a I while? Was, yeah. Did yeah. did you not do an hour special on Sunday nights on Veasan called Kelly's CFL <laughs> Hour? <laughs> I don't think that was ever a thing. I'm pretty sure. I,
4: I'm pretty sure Matt Brown yelled at me a couple times though for talking too much about it. Like I currently am on this show right now. Uh, anyways, over at Major League Baseball. Uh, like you guys said, Phillies up 7-0, third inning. You can get 17-1 on the Nationals, if you're feeling lucky, 13.5, your live total. Rays and Yankees, that game is scoreless in the top of the fourth. Yankees, minus 185 live. Rays, plus 150, 5.5 is your live total. Uh, Mets, up on the Brewers, one to nothing. That game in the bottom of the third. Mets, minus 215 live. Brewers, plus 175, 6.5 is your total. Rangers and Tigers, the only other game going on right now. That game is scoreless, top of the fourth inning. Rangers minus 125 live, Tigers minus 105, five and a half your live total. And just checking back in on the NBA numbers as we are about an hour away from tip-off. Over at DraftKings, Celtics uh, staying as a four-point favorite, 211 and a half the total. Uh, We see four here at the South Point and 212
3: the total here. Let's go, Dubs. Close them out. see some history tonight. No? Nobody? Okay. Uh, I don't even know if, uh... We
4: the were, thing is, I'm not going to... Like, if that happens tonight, I'm going to be okay with it, Gil. But if the Celtics win, I'm going to pull this complete 180 of, like, the... You know, where Matt was, like, kind of waving the white flag. I kind of feel that way, too. But then comes Sunday, I'm going to be like,
0: Let's go, Celtics! Come on!
4: You're going to get this!
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've seen 10... <laughs> oh, man... I know you are, though. And why wouldn't you? But you're right. Everything you said, I agree with at the beginning, which is, you know, again, coming from the Warrior side of things. I I hope you guys are right that, that, you know, I hope the white flag manifests because I'm not nearly as confident. Because I think you're right, Kelly. I think all they have to do, the Celtics just have to clean up the mess. Yeah. They have the talent. There's nothing. There's. It's
4: like what Matt said, though. It's just, it's kind of getting bizarre. Like this Ime Yudoka, like you're a rookie head coach and it's. Like, it's like you're, no. it's like you have the, the arrogance of Popovich where you could be like, I'm not going to change anything because I'm not, this I'm just
3: is the do way what I'm doing. Well, yeah. It, I mean, okay. But let's, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, wouldn't Brad Stevens then at some point say, Hey, uh, you may, uh, you know, maybe do this. That's where I'd, I'd love.
4: Like people have brought that up. Right. Yeah. I would love to know what's going on behind the scenes right now in Boston. Cause you kind of what Like, how can you hate on a guy yeah. in his first year getting you all the way to the finals? But right. Yeah. And then you start questioning things. It, it does totally feel like the, uh, the Lakers series we just watched, though, right? It was like Jerry West like storming back and forth. about like, <laughs> Why is he doing this?
3: A <laughs> uh, whole generation loves Jerry West for questionable reasons. All right, College World Series begins tomorrow in Omaha, Nebraska. The eight teams that are going Texas, Stanford, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Auburn, and Texas A&M. And now, so this bracket is funky. It is a double elimination bracket that then sort of becomes a best of three later, but it's not just a double elimination. there's like then loser brackets and there's two brackets at the same it's a it's a whole thing. but essentially it's double elimination up front. and so there are two games tomorrow, there are two games on Saturday, and I'll say in advance here because this will this will sort of Give you a tell on my picks here coming up in these in these games, but again, my futures tickets I ended up making four futures bets, and all four got from sixty-four to eight. So I've got half the field. Ole Miss at hundred to one being the sexiest of the bunch. Yeah what what's your what's your four again? Texas fifteen to one. Right. Uh, Stanford thirty to one. Texas A and M forty to one. Ole Miss hundred to one. So I think I saw if what if Texas there you go
4: if Texas wins tomorrow, then they'd face the winner of A and M Oklahoma. So you might have two futures run into each other there.
3: Yes, it's it's messy. Yeah, but here's the deal. So so tomorrow, let's just take tomorrow. Oklahoma plays Texas A Oklahoma's a minus one thirty three favorite against A and and M, remember, is the current long shot now at at nine to one. Of the remaining eight teams. And then Notre Dame and Texas. Texas is minus 135 in that game. Texas is the short shot to win it all. But I am not touching the Notre Dame, Texas game. Texas is, I don't know, they don't inspire confidence. And Notre Dame is, yeah, Notre Dame is the team that knocked out Tennessee. I am steering clear of that game. So what I'm not playing is perhaps more telling than what I am playing. I am playing Texas A&M AM at plus 101. I actually got Texas A&M at plus, yeah, plus 101. So I'm playing that game against Oklahoma. And then on Saturday, I am not touching the Arkansas-Stanford game, even though I have futures on Stanford, because I really don't trust their starting pitching. And I am taking Ole Miss at minus 130 against Auburn. So in individual games, I'm taking A&M tomorrow, and I'm taking Ole Miss on Saturday. Ben Wilson will be on a numbers game tomorrow, trying to go 9-0 and with his pick
1: of the day tomorrow.
3: You, anything, Mateo?
1: I'll look at it a little bit closer um, this evening. It's, you know, again, I, I I have an SEC bias. I will probably be leaning towards those teams um, as I as I kind of go through all of this. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's one of those things with with Texas. I mean, they're they are probably the best. Like, they are probably the best team. But it, it's like again. The difference between any of these teams, right? I mean, A and M so, did play their yeah. way from, yeah. you know, they were 150 to one to start of the season, like so. A and M was like, you know, not even in the conversation, right? And they played themselves into into the, into the conversation um, with with all this. But I mean, outside of that, all of these teams were expected to be pretty good. As we mentioned, I mean, Arkansas was the number one overall seed there was there was last year. Um, so it, it, it's pretty interesting. We were playing off air the the best player from. You know certain colleges and things like that, yeah. which is which is pretty interesting. I mean yeah. the because again, like as you mentioned, so many guys just go straight from high school. Yeah. Um, but you just you kind of start to remember. So from Texas, we were like, oh, what's the uh, your your instinct is going to be wrong when I say this It's like who's the highest drafted player from Texas? Roger Clemens, wrong.
4: Yeah.
1: Greg Swindell is the hi- <laughs> you know Roger Clemens obviously the best player ever from Texas, mm-hmm. and then and then uh you know the best current guy out there Brandon Belt. The highest drafted player from Stanford, Mark Appel, if you remember him, he was the number one yeah. overall pick. I remember him. Yeah, he's the number one overall pick in 2013. Just never panned out. Just never, never, never did anything. But the the best player from Stanford would be Mike Musina. Mike Musina. Mike Musina. Oriole and Yagi great. Tommy Edmond, probably the best current. Stanford card. I
4: feel like Stanford normally has like, aren't they known for their pitching usually? So is this just a, is this just kind of a down year for them?
3: They actually had really good pitching during the year. It's just oh. during the, this postseason just right it's now. Gone yeah, yeah okay. going to the crapper. Offense is phenomenal.
4: Matt, is there is there a part you know former college baseball great Matt Brown? Yeah, what, sure. uh is there a part of the game when you get to this point in the season that you you you're more concerned about like relievers? Is it is it the amount? No, of innings? No college
1: team has good reliever like like. So here's. That's kind of like the thing, right? I mean like you'll some teams will have a closer, but like as far as like relievers go, they're just dudes that can't start for you. Gotcha. Right. I mean like it it comes down to that, right? I mean it because everybody gets recruited, you got to think about how high school works, right? Like no one's a reliever in high school. Right. You know, like like no one's a reliever in high school. Like you're to get recruited to play college baseball, you're like the best starter on your team, you know, and so like you get converted to a reliever as you get to college. So, so like no one's a reliever, other than a closer maybe who they just – it's a guy that throws super hard that they know can – that they can convert into kind of like a closer type situation. Yeah, so,
3: Oregon State had a great closer for yeah.
1: rare. So right. it's like like closers, yeah, but like in, if, once you get to the bullpen, it's usually either guys that are like midweek starters that are just like coming in to 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 fill, you know, the long relief type stuff or whatever, or they're just dudes that didn't really pan out. Gotcha. The Big, biggest like, thing is
3: like an ace – Maybe a good second pitcher yeah. and then off a cliff.
1: And then it's yeah, pretty much off a
3: cliff. Yeah.
4: End of one in Toronto. The Argonauts walk off uh, the quarter with a rouge. A single to make it four to hey. three.
3: That there really happened? Yeah, that really just uh, happened. Yes. Nice. Oh, CFL again, check it out. Kelly Bidland mm. CFL hour each and every Sunday here on the. Oh, that's not on a, that's on a show? Uh, not cleared yet. Okay. Prop watch next for the NBA Finals Game 6. Next. Beeson's primetime action.
0: Com today. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: The MLB season is in full swing, and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday Leadoff Challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to ten thousand dollars in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com/Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock it. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: Schwarber again.
3: Oh my, eight to nothing Phillies.
1: Schwarber again. He is heating up.
3: Remember for this that. Team. Remember that role he got on last yeah. year. Oh boy,
1: that is now 18 for him on the season after starting very, very, very slow for this team.
3: How much? Uh, how much truth do you believe in random Reddit postings?
4: Oh, you know. I mean, <laughs> oh, so much. How many know, UFOs are over us right I'll now? I'll
1: tell you what. Though, a lot of things, <laughs> no, no, but a lot of things have been solved or whatever and everything by people on Reddit.
3: That is for sure. That, that's yeah. true. Yes, yes, that is true. A, a lot of things leap to mind. Actually, yeah. yeah. Well, this is this is about the uh, game tonight. Or specifically about after the game, the Golden State Warriors, according to a random Reddit post. Oh,
4: I, I think I know where you're going here, and I believe this has
3: been reported by actual news outlets. Oh, okay, too. they've rented out. Is this yes. right? they've rented out memoir at Encore Casino tonight in anticipation of celebrating closing out the series? Uh, some have heard that it was booked about a week ago. A local club is also sponsoring the event.
1: I mean, that yeah, they should do that. That's, it. I exa- that's exactly what I read earlier today as well. Because what you don't want is them having to, like, randomly find a place to go celebrate <laughs> in, the in, in the middle of Boston. <laughs> middle like, like, that would not go
3: well. Yeah, just take the red line to park and <laughs> yeah. transfer over to Harvard. That would not go yeah, well. You not. want
1: them to be able to just walk in a back door and, like, go into a private area and be able to do that. Just their, go into
3: Davis thing. Square. Yeah. Just walk into a little uh, tavern there. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. If you don't
4: have anything planned that turns into, like, four floors of a hotel being, like, destroyed.
1: Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good idea. Good on them. I, I, <laughs> I agree with this move. This is a, this is that's a two thumbs up move. Actually, <laughs> good for. I'm, I'm just good random Bostonian
3: reaching to just pointing them in the horrible direction. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah.
1: Is anything open late? Like we want to go party? Like sure, Yeah. Method. Take. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they send them into a, a, a part of town that, like, literally, one, there's no bars at all. And two, it's like probably. <laughs> when not you see the Leech
3: Man, just keep on
1: going.
4: I <laughs> uh, like Matt just giving the two thumbs up of appro- approval. I say we need to work on a Matt Brown's two thumbs up of
3: approval on things. There's not many of those. <laughs> and now he for proves Matt that. Brown's two thumbs up of approval. <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Prop Watch. our final prop watch of the season, boys. Because we won't be here on the weekend.
4: Game Wait, six. We, you don't want to come in Sunday
3: for a special primetime action prop watch segment? Come on. Uh, Maybe not. <laughs> Jason Tatum looking on the Celtics side. This is per DraftKings. 27 and a half. Jalen Brown, 24 and a half. And somehow one of those guys is 15 to 1. Marcus Smart, or Marcus Smott, as they say in New England. 15 and a half. And then you see the rest of the Celtics. With Robert Williams checking in at eight and a half and eight and a half boards as well.
1: This uh, that shot up, right? We played it at six and a half. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we. Yes, we seven did. and a half, and then now up to eight and a half. I
4: don't even hate it tonight because the like, while I do think he's still feeling the effects of his injury, I, I mean, what is the point of any kind of minutes restriction now? I mean, right? You go, you go as much as you can. In tonight's game. I so I do have a couple bets. I did play Jalen Brown over his points. I I got twenty three and a half, which was a little bit of a rogue number here in town in Vegas. I I, I mean, I would be fine with 24-and-a-half. He's getting this volume to hit this number, Um, you know, he had 18 field goal attempts last game, 19 the game before, 16, 17, 23. Um, I I, I mean, I think with a closeout situation, if Ime Udoka is not pulling Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aside and saying you guys are launching and free to launch whenever you have a shot, I I mean, I think that would be very poor coaching. So I would expect, I I would expect Jalen Brown to come out, come out fast, like we've seen in a couple of these games. This series in the first quarter, I think he's going to put up a bunch there, um, and then hopefully ends up going over that that number. I've got a twenty three and a half, or even twenty four and a half. Uh, I know you can bet uh, at a lot of other places. The other one I played. Marcus Smart, I played an alt over of 20.5 points. We've seen his field goal attempts shoot up a bunch in the past three games, which we kind of expected when we saw the... Uh, Some of the struggles from Brown uh, Brown and and mainly Tatum, especially with the turnovers, Um, field goal attempts, he's had 15, 18, and 17 in the past three games, going for 20 points, 18, and 24 points in that time. So I I think, again, with backs against the wall, I think Marcus Smart is probably your third most reliable scorer on this team. Um, So I like that. The The other one I like on the Marcus Smart side, is under his assists. Same, It just kind of correlates with him shooting more. He's not really facilitating as much. He hasn't gone over five-and-a-half assists a single game this series. And actually, you have to go all the way back to game two against Miami to actually find a time when he went over five-and-a-half assists. So that's what I – if you're looking for an underplay tonight, I, I actually really like that one, uh, under five five five-and-a-half assists with Marcus Smart. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you see anything else. I I can't. I, I liked playing the Derek White over before, but really this rotation so up in the air right now. It's really I think it really depends on how much Robert Williams can can play of of whether they're going to go with that bigger lineup or that smaller lineup. So I,
1: that's all I'm playing tonight. But I do have a couple going. Yeah, there's those head to head point things that are out there are pretty interesting, right? I mean, we mentioned a couple of them last night when we were talking to JVT, but. Andrew Wiggins versus Marcus Smart. Smart's a plus one twenty five dog to Wiggins. Now we've seen big Wiggins games, but we've also seen normal Wiggins games as well. If you believe that Smart needs to be a bigger contributor tonight, then you know that's an alternate way to kind of play Smart being a a bigger contributor. Yeah,
4: I think the one the one. My thought on that one is that, the, is that Wiggins, because of the, the role he has in this series, is always going to get such a high amount of minutes that he has, a, he has a higher floor, right? But maybe a lower ceiling in my mind at least, where I think Marcus Smart, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished with six points, and I wouldn't be surprised if he finished with
1: 28. How about Jalen Brown versus Klay Thompson? Jalen Brown I would lay up to minus 130 with. He is minus two thirty five. <laughs> plus thing, that was very bold of you. <laughs> plus one eighty for Clay Thompson.
4: I'm not. I, I still don't think I would touch the Clay side of it. Now I. I, I mean, it's in, that price is pretty high. Pretty interesting. As long pretty as pretty high. As long as no one's sitting here saying it's Game Six.
3: Oh, the get Clay Game Sixes.
4: Oh gosh, I don't yeah. know how many times I saw that today, and I'm like.
1: Jordan Poole it's, versus. Was, were people trends, not predictive, right? Yes. Like, come on. Jordan Poole versus Al Horford. Oh, wow, that's interesting.
4: That actually is an interesting one. Jordan Poole but their point prop oh. is probably. What is, what is Horford's point prop? I don't even know.
3: I would play Jordan Poole up to minus one forty. Pool minus. It's, I'll bet you the line is like pool minus one twenty. Yeah, I think it's something like one sixty five. That. Wow, it's too high.
1: Wow. Plus one thirty on Horford. two follow.
4: I mean, I think the Warriors have been playing pool completely wrong, but I actually, I actually think there might be some value on a Horford play there, just because. I mean, a you don't really know Robert Williams' health status is definitely up in the air. Horford keeps getting minutes, and he keeps getting wide open looks at three.
1: Yeah, he does. And if he's hitting, yeah, we've seen what hitting. happens. He scores like twenty six. Right. And like, if he's not, then yeah, he might score for seven. <laughs> That's an interesting one, actually. Yeah. And then uh, Curry versus Tatum.
4: Curry's got to be favored. Minus 135. Five. Okay. Minus 135. Yeah. No, no Tatum plus 110. I couldn't bet Tatum.
3: I would have thought Curry would be a little higher than that. You know why? Because he's Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't make a three
4: last game. If that's, that's not right. a, If that's not a horrifying thought to people out there, I don't, like, he's one of the true killers in this game. So in that one, if you think,
1: it's like in this one, if you think Steph goes off, you just play the plus 150 money line on the Warriors, but if, but like, the Tatum at plus 110 is at least interesting then, because then it's like, Steph probably didn't go off if... If you know, if, if and then so Tatum then at plus one ten is fairly that that's fair, that's an alternate way again to kind of play the game.
3: By the way, did we do any yeah. of these Warriors yet?
1: 20, no, we haven't. Twenty 28. M- now. Matt,
4: Matt still the show with his matchups. No, but it was it was, a, it was well, it was super
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah it was right.
4: interesting. It no, was no, interesting. Yeah, no. Oh, we
3: appreciate it. Don't let anybody. Tell I you just went.
4: St- I would Steph with. I would play all all Sun Steph tonight. If that, I'm, that's what I'm doing, I would do it. I mean, kill. it's a closeout game. This dude's one of the true killers of all time in the NBA history. And he didn't make a single three last game? I, I'm sorry. I think, you got, I think you see a big Steph scoring game tonight.
3: How many times in NBA history has a team been down? Well, that's probably many times in the NBA finals. I'm just trying to think of like equivalents to game sixes back against the wall, what those results tend to be. I can tell you what I think the biggest blowout was in game six is with the team down 3 to 2. That'd be your 1978 Washington Bullets, who beat the Sonics by 35, I believe, in game six, then won game seven in Seattle.
1: Tatum's turnover line is set at three and a half. Oh, that's <laughs> messed up. Oh boy. oh, boy. Over. There's no
4: way you he can set play under that. a three and a half. No way you can play under that.
1: Golly.
3: Well, we get to talk to Nick Whalen from RotoWire one more time about the NBA. He will join us next. He's got thoughts, and it includes Jason Tatum and Steph Curry props as well. Also some combined uh, Splash Brothers props as well. Nick Whalen joins us next. v Prime Primetime Action.
0: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. You are right, Kelly, about the Rouge. Really kind of sends a football score into an area that we are unfamiliar with here in uh, the U.S. Argonauts 4, Alouettes 3. The Rouge. Care to, care to explain the rouge to people, Kelly?
4: Yeah, so that is uh, uh, when the when the ball is punted, so by the punting team into the end zone and basically does not return out of the end zone, you are able to score a single point. So a lot of teams, because the field is so long, will choose to give up a single point instead of trying to return it from out of the end zone and starting it like the seven-yard line.
1: Hmm.
3: Fascinating. That's the quick explanation. Okay. You're talking about the kicking team gets the point in that The game. kicking team, yes. Got it. Okay. All
2: right.
3: Um, Makes total sense. Yeah, complete yes. sense. That clears it up entirely. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's yeah, it's awesome. 20-yard end zones, by the way.
4: Yeah, you know, there, there's other things that I was telling you guys off air, but it's the, the, the CFL's working its way more towards the American audience. So you, you will hear touchdowns and field goals now. You, those are usually majors and minors. Majors, minors. And the rouge is what they is what they usually call. It. Really? Oh yeah. I didn't know. A that. touchdown is a major.
1: Continuing on in our game on break, Matt doesn't want to talk about this anymore. A more fun team though, Gil. Yeah. The uh, was was Auburn. Like that was yeah. more fun. Auburn when yeah. we were talking about their their highest drafted player again. You probably wouldn't have, unless you are a college baseball buff. Casey Mize, the current Detroit Tiger, who is unfortunately heading to to Tommy John surgery. But uh, as far as like great players from Auburn, you instantly jump to Bo Jackson, and yes, Bo Jackson for sure was good. But their best major leaguer, actually, Frank Thomas. Yeah, Frank Thomas, who obviously a a big hurt. A you, big,
3: you you told me Josh Donaldson played there. I would never have known.
1: Josh that. Donaldson,
3: Tim Hudson. Tim Hudson, I remember. Yes.
1: Um, the Bo Jackson in 1985, did hit 401 with a 500 OBP seven in 17 home runs in 42 games. <laughs> That's
3: amazing. <laughs> and we knew him as the greatest you know, thing ever on the gridiron.
1: And then went on that fall to win the Heisman Trophy. Jesus. That is outstanding. So there's
3: that. Nick Whalen joins us talking some basketball less than a half hour away from uh, tip-off Game 6 in Boston at the TD Garden for Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Nick Whalen, you can follow at Whalen, but Replace the L with a 1, the number 1. That's how you find him on Twitter. NBA editor over at Rotowire. How you doing, Nick?
5: Guys, I'm doing well. Doing well. Just got off the golf course. Uh, things are looking up. Uh, very much looking forward to this Game 6 tonight. What'd you shoot? Uh, undisclosed. We're, we're going to move on from that. Undisclosed. I'm looking at the say, leaderboard. It was, I, don't, I don't see, see you. Else. I'm looking at the leaderboard. You, uh, you, you obviously qualified for the US Open, right? I did not qualify this year. Uh, for the 29th year in a row, I did not make it.
3: <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to it. Game six, Celtics by four. You have a play.
5: Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to a, a very interesting situation tonight with the Celtics. I, I feel like, you know, after game five, it, it that was the only time the entire playoff at Boston has not won. Coming off of a loss, and everybody knows that storyline at this point, and they're, they're getting another shot at it. You know, obviously, they're coming off of two straight losses for the first time these entire playoffs, and I, I like Boston to cover the four at home. You know, every game in the series, uh, it hasn't necessarily been a blowout, but it's been a comfortable victory uh, for whichever team has prevailed. And you know, even listening to Boston after Game Four, after Game Five, I think there's still uh, a fair amount of confidence with this team. And I, I think coming back home, we're going to see the role players who've been a little bit dormant these last couple of games. Step back up, guys like Derek White, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, even Al Horford, who everybody wanted to anoint as the Finals MVP after one game. I think there's still this quiet confidence with this Celtics team. So as you know, as much as it feels like Golden State has all the momentum coming out of Game Five, I, I'm rolling with the Celtics tonight. You know, for better or for worse.
1: You also have some interesting props, all you you lucky guys, rest of country that get all these cool things that you can bet. Uh, Jason Tatum. Two or more three pointers made in the fourth qu- in the first quarter, and you're getting over four to one on that. You just expect Tatum to be to be hucking them up early and often, huh?
5: Yeah, I think so. I, I think the narrative has kind of shifted to the point where you know I wouldn't say people are piling on Tatum, but you know people are starting to notice Jason Tatum shooting 37 percent from the field in the NBA Finals, and and you know you look at the raw numbers, he's averaging like 23, seven and seven. They look okay, but. It, it, it I wouldn't say it feels like a no show by Jason Tatum but it, it doesn't feel like a guy who after round one people were ready to say, you know, is this guy better than Kevin Durant? You know, it feels like he's he's maybe regressed a little bit in terms of the ceiling that we thought this guy had. You know, that forty six point game against Milwaukee in round two. We haven't seen that version of Jason Tatum. But the one thing that he's been consistent with throughout this final series is the three pointers. You know, he's shooting under forty percent from the field, but he's at like forty five percent from three-point range, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition where he can't finish anything at the rim, he can't finish anything in the mid-range, but he's still shooting the three really well. And then he's come out looking confident in a lot of these games. It's been kind of a tale of four different quarters for Tatum. Where he'll look, he'll look really dominant in the first. He'll coast through the next two quarters, and then he'll pick it back up in the fourth. And then the next game, you know, he'll he'll fade away in the first half, and then he'll come back strong in the second. I, I think we see a more complete game from Jason Tatum. But you know, getting getting plus four twenty-five at the DK Sportsbook on Jason Tatum to hit two threes in the first quarter. In a game that the Celtics have to win, you know, you kind of see Boston coming out, being aggressive. I think at that number, I like that one a lot.
3: Big narrative after Game 5, obviously, what people are talking about is that Steph went 0-9 for 9 from behind the arc in Game 5. Warriors still managed to win for the first time in 233 games, regular or postseason, in which Steph did not hit a single shot from behind the arc. You, uh, you've jumped on that to some degree here. You're, you're playing. You're on Steph here for threes.
5: Yeah, there's a couple different Steph Curry props that I like tonight, and you know it, it's almost comical that coming off of an 0 of nine game, you're not even getting two to one on Steph Curry to hit three plus three pointers in the first half. That's at plus one eighty five uh, on the DraftKings sportsbook. I mean, that's how much of a kind of resounding uh, public opinion it is that Steph Curry is going to bounce back tonight on the road in Game Six. So I, I think at that number, you know, obviously you'd like to get a little more juice on that, but plus one eighty five for Curry. Uh, to essentially just have, like, an average Steph Curry first half and hit three three-pointers. I think there's a decent amount of value there. Um, you could also tether him to Klay Thompson uh, for some of these props. And, you know, Steph and Klay each have four-plus made threes in this game. Somehow it's only plus 130, uh, Again, okay, something you'd like to get a little more value with. But, uh, again, the prevailing belief is that Steph Curry's going to bounce back in a major way in this game and that we've seen Klay Thompson have so many good – uh, games late in final series in the past, especially game six. That's always when he seems to come alive. Um, so, you know, the oddsmakers and myself are, are willing to tail not only Curry, but this entire Warriors backboard tonight.
1: The Warriors are going Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Porter, and Green to start the game tonight as they have the last couple of games as well. Nick, we're, we're talking about the Celtics team and just how careless they've been with the ball. And, you know, you look at last game, you Turn the ball over 18 times, you miss 10 free throws, and you lose by 10. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. Even though you get what you what can only be considered uh, the best case scenario from you know the Warriors for a Celtics win. Can we really see this Celtics team who've been really careless with the ball all playoffs long? Like, I mean, are they really going to magically change that over the last two games here of the season?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, if they get two games, I think they'll, they'll be lucky. And, uh, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to say. Obviously, a team that has, you know, what, at this point, like 100 games worth of, of bad habits, uh, asking them to change that on a dime in the biggest game of the season, you know, with the entire season on the line, it's a lot to ask. I, I think the bigger thing from Game 5 was not necessarily Boston turning it over 18 times. I mean, that is unacceptable. You're not going to win a lot of games when you turn it over 18 times. But the Celtics defense only forced six Golden State turnovers. In Game Five, and and Steph Curry's been pretty careless. Uh, that, that's that's kind of like the one drawback with him in, in these big moments. Is he, he does have a tendency to kind of throw lazy passes, flip passes over his head that get picked off. Um, you know he's had a lot of turnovers earlier in the series, but you know if Boston's going to commit fifteen plus turnovers, they need to be forcing at least twelve plus turnovers from the opponent. I thought that was the bigger deal. You know Boston only lost Game Five by ten points, but you know to be minus twelve in the turnover margin, that's almost impossible to overcome.
3: Nick, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the game tonight.
5: All right, same to you guys. Thanks for having me,
3: Nick Whalen. Everybody from Roto-Wire, has done uh, yeoman's work with us this year. Yes, on the uh, on the show. Did you see this David Purdom tweet that just the from I don't yeah. know if it just came out. Uh, we were talking off air about you know betting the NBA draft uh, next week. Kelly's uh, moment in glory. On a yearly basis. David Perdom tweeting this. A week before the NBA draft, more money has been bet on the odds to be the number one pick than it was bet on the odds to be the number one pick in the NFL draft per Caesar Sports. That is shocking to me.
1: Well shocking to me as well.
3: Especially because the first pick in the NFL draft had so much volatility to it. I mean, and I would
4: would say... The re- the reason is because of that in the NBA, but like when you're going up against an NFL draft that has the same thing, I wouldn't expect that the betting to be that much.
3: That's amazing to me. Jabari Smith, by the way, minus one thirty. Chet Holmgren, plus one seventy five.
4: I-, I actually thought maybe you were going to say a di- like say something else of like more betting in the NF- NBA draft than ever before, just because there's so many more markets now.
3: But I'd have lost a grip betting on that yeah, right there. Wow, sure. interesting we'll come back updated US open odds next prime primetime
0: you are looking live at primetime action. You die. With Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit visa.com to check the current betting splits data. Splitting bets! Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes. So you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, yet another way that v is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. So the, uh, the Alouettes just uh, kicked a minor and uh, took the lead over the Argo, Argonauts, 6-5 to now, Alouettes, in what looks like a Titans-Texans game. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's just the same kind hey, of color scheme. Keep in mind, in the
4: as we heard from Jay Khan, in the scorching heat of Toronto, I right know of eighty-five degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> he was
3: really feeling it, wasn't he? He was really feeling it. It's got to be the temperature contrast, right? Their winters are brutal. He's yeah, like, oh, I this is terrible. What was the temperature so. in Vegas today? What did it hit? I don't know,
4: one hundred and twenty-seven or something. I sure that's what like it feels it. like. It. Once you get past one hundred and five, there's no
3: difference, right? I remember when I was younger, there was like a 116 degree, 117 degree day at the Hard Rock. We were at the pool all day because, you know, when you're young, you don't care. And I remember the next day was 116, and we genuinely were like, it's really not that bad. Uh, we acclimated to it in one day. That's oh, pretty good.
4: I was like, at a town fr- a, a few weeks ago. It was like the first weekend where I felt like it really got hot out here. We're, we're at the pool at Caesars. And I, I was I was the oldest man ever. I'm like in the pool. I'm like this pool is freezing right now. Like I gotta get out of the pool. <laughs> then you're out of the pool for 15 minutes. I'm like it's so hot. This is ridiculous. I'm getting back in the pool. It's freezing.
1: Oh,
4: but then you have your third drink and you forget what
1: happened. There you go. We, we keep talking about Braves, Phillies. Now you look up. Yeah. Mets losing four to one here to the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Tyler McGill, who they just got off the IL. Left the game with discomfort in his arm, so they're down DeGrom. They're down Scherzer. They were down McGill. He comes back. Now he leaves this start again with discomfort in his arm. You have to assume. I know where you're going. So get on those Braves or Phillies tickets now. Braves are like plus
3: 240-ish, which I know a lot of people will be like, well, it was so much better last week. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, right. Get it.
1: But I hate things sexual. just changed now. I right. mean they did they just lost another starter.
3: I, I that's one of my biggest sports not biggest, but it's mm. just sports betting pet peeve. Be
1: like, oh, you got four to
3: one. It was thirty to one before the season. So so uh, cashes though. Yeah. So I missed
1: the thirty to one. What do you want me to do? Cry about it? It all spins the same as they say.
3: Oh
4: man. I'm I'm seeing some uh I guess some quotes from Dennis Allen today of uh Taysom Hill's role, and it really doesn't sound like it's it's going to change
3: much. Oh, no. Really? It,
4: oh, yeah. He's talking about he's still a Swiss Army knife and a weapon in so many different areas that we can use him. Yeah, but he's got to play quarterback, though.
1: I mean, you would hope so. He ain't going to play quarterback. I mean, maybe on, like, third and two from the two-yard line or something. Like, that makes sense. But like, right, he, right. he ain't going to play quarterback.
3: Remember when they outbid themselves to give him that big contract? Well, here's, here's the quote. Uh, We
4: talk all the time about positionless players on defense. I don't know that positionless is the right word for Taysom. He's a multiple position player. I look at him as a weapon in the passing game. I look at him as a weapon playing the quarterback position. I look at him with the ball in his hands. I look at him on special teams, in a lot of different areas, so there's a lot of a ton of places where Taysom Hill can help this football team.
1: Yeah, he he'll he'll run still for sure. Like I mean, and that makes sense. Like you don't want Jameis running, and and honestly, we've seen how efficient it is for these quarterbacks on these short downs. You know, the, on these uh, short yardage situations, you have an extra blocker if you just run it with the quarterback and he follows. You know, the running back, or whatever. So I I fully expect him to be in on. Second and ones and second and two, third and twos, and things and stuff like fourth and ones. Like, I, I I would expect him, sure, but he ain't gonna over under, barring injury to Jameis, of course. Over under, eight and a half passes on the season. That's okay. what I, I, and I'll take. I'll take the under.
3: Mm. See, I don't even want on the field on second and one. Like, second and one, we're bringing him on the field. I don't want that. I can't think of a NFL. I don't know what word I want to use, innovation, quirk, whatever it is, that I have been less excited about than Taysom Hill over the years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they sure. tried so hard to make that a thing.
4: Matt was all over it, too. Yes, and he was. I was, was kind of like, give us some time. And then you watched, like, well, we watched, what, a season of it, a season and a half, and you're like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. This is so terrible. Because he's, he's
3: terrible. Remember so. that Thursday night game? Was that a Thursday night game against the Cowboys this past year, or a Monday night game, where he was just awful? So many of those. By the way, Yankees trailing one to nothing. To the Rays, bottom of the six, runners at first and second. Thompson dealing to Rizzo. Big moment in this ball game. As they just walked the Judge, they wanted no part of him. The unintentional, intentional walk. Rizzo, knock, and we have a tie ball game. What's Judge on pace for? Like Yank? 68 home runs? Well, they just flashed up. Listen, when you flash up a graphic that has Barry Lamar bonds in it, you are doing something. Yeah. So they were showing that Judge and Luis Gonzalez – each at this point, Luis Gonzalez, the former, diamondback, each had 25 homers to this point in the year. In modern baseball history, eclipsed by only one human being, Barry Bonds. You know how many Barry had at this time in 2001? 32. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he got at least he got on a graphic with Bonds. All right, we have updated odds. Oh, yeah, we do? All right, let's do it. US Open, round one in the books. Rory, who is one stroke back, as Kelly mentioned earlier, plus four fifty. JT, who is three strokes back, he is ten to one. John Rahm also three strokes back, eleven to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick, where did Fitzpatrick end up, by the way? But he's two under, two under, so he's two back of Adam Hadwin, the leader. Fitzpatrick is eleven to one. Scheffler, who is four back, is sixteen to one. Morikawa who I believe is three back as well. He's 18 to one, by the way, where is Adam Hadwin? you ask 25 to one, the current leader. What
1: do you like, Mr. Brown? Man, I'll tell you, this is the, the Aaron wise number is fairly interesting because he was getting, and I'm again, I'm not, I'm not saying that there are more sharp golf betters in Nevada than there are rest of country or whatever. I'm just saying I have a, I have an, you know, I, I have a, a look at what the books do here you know because that's where i'm able to bet aaron wise was getting bet yeah. like a mother man he was like he
4: was high up there in my models
1: he he went down i think by the time this thing went off over at circa he had fallen all the way down into the like high 60s from like 130 or something like that i think he went from like you know, uh, like the low hundreds down to, to something like that. And he's still at 30 right now, right there in the mix of everything. Now, the win equity for Aaron Wise in a field this strong with all these guys that are all still hovering, I get it. I'm just saying comparatively to where he went off at some air quote, you know, sharper books
3: mm-hmm.
1: and still getting, you know, 30 to one on him with a with a whole round of sample size under under your belt – and he's right there. That w- that one's at least interesting to me. And, and like you said, Kelly, he is a he is a model superstar. Oh, like yeah. he is a dude. Every single time we have a course like this, where we are where we are really, really, really weighing heavily, hitting fairways and, and iron play. Like he is, he, he is always in the you know whatever top ten, if not higher than that.
4: He's just another guy that it's all about whether he's he's hitting the putter hot or not, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if he he usually he tends to struggle with the putter. It's his one one weakness of his game. And if he, if you catch him on a hot week, he can play about as well as anybody out there. I, I'm with you. I think there's just looking at some of these. Like I don't know. I don't think I'll be adding anybody tonight. But just looking at some of these of what what I like out there. I mean, like if you if you were one to bet Xander Shawley pre tournament at an outright number, I don't know why you wouldn't be comfortable taking him at a slightly better number right now, only three, well, four, four strokes off the lead, right? Uh, he's at even par. So, I, I mean, like, I think that's, if you were liking him pre-tournament, I think there's there's no reason why you're staring at an even better right number right now, why you wouldn't bet that.
1: And people are going to say you sound like a broken record, but, I mean. I know where you're going. But, I mean. Yeah, I mean Burns is getting a better number on Burns and you're getting. You're getting a better number on it's Burns exactly and you got pre-tournament. Yeah. And this is the guy that we said time and time and time and time again. Outside of Justin Thomas and maybe, you know, Rory at his very best and whatever, he has that one round low round in him as 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 much as anyone on tour. Like, you Bur- know,
3: Burns is 5 back. We should point on Aaron Wise is 2 back. Burns is 5 back at 45 to 1.
1: I mean, would it, it would not shock me at all tomorrow if he went out and shot four under. Oh, and yeah. he's, like, right no, no. there on the weekend, you know? So that, that one is, is pretty interesting to me as well. And then, listen, we all, I said I thought it was a very gritty uh, round by Daniel Berger. He's at even par right now. Again, I feel only three shots off because I'm not buying into Adam Hadwin mm-hmm. at four. Sixty
4: to one. It is, you're talking about the high end number before the tournament. You're right. Yeah, yeah it's the same thing as I'm wait. I'm if you had any inclination to play him before the tournament, mm. and you didn't. No reason why
3: you can't hop in now and as just as good a number, if not better. So burger you could basically get at the same number, if not better. Yeah, I right. could pre-flop. If someone comes to you right now and says Rory plus four fifty, it's good a good number. Not. It's good. not a bad bet. It's a good yeah. number. It's a good number. Okay, it really is. Well. Plus 450, one stroke back. Oh, yeah, Corey I I will be adding Gary Woodland as a FOMO bit. <laughs> what is he? 80 to 1? 70 now. Taking money. You can't quit Gary Woodland. Basketball and updated
0: scores next.